0: Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Transformation Generation podcast. As well, if you're watching from History Makers TV, make sure you click, like, and subscribe, and all that stuff. And I encourage you to even share this broadcast. But thanks for tuning in from pod- our podcast uh, platforms or or on uh, YouTube channel. We're talking about today in this cutting edge, semi controversial series the <laughs> the bizarre phenomenon between prophecy and King James English. That's what our topic is today. The bizarre phenomenon between prophecy and King James English. That old style uh, English, you know, the King James English Bible, all of that. I was at once asked, does God speak King James English? (laughs) Sorry. Uh, And it was a genuine question. Does God speak Old King James English and first of all I want to pay respects to to the prophets and prophetic voices who do prophesy a bit they'll dip their foot in the King James and it's simply just the culture and the era of the day that you learn to prophesy in and it's it's just part of the filters that we have I want to pay respects and honor to them it's no way mocking anything but the the honest question is asked even more so now of uh, of our own uh, generation, uh, this generation, who are further and further removed from that language. What is King James English? Wh- what is this? People at one time thought that the King James Version of the Bible was the most inspired. They actually felt that any version, it became a movement, that any version after King James Bible was actually uh, corrupted. They were considered the King James only uh, movement and uh, those who were adherents to the King James English Bible uh, movement, actually it was founded within the evangelicals and many mainstream. That's where it began. So we all, most of us who are even listening to this or watching this, have heard a little King James English peppered throughout prophetic words or or preaching. And oftentimes, maybe you've been in meetings, and if if you don't know what I'm talking about and you heard somebody get up, and their voice changed and, and, and it was almost as if they felt they couldn't control themselves. And King James English came out, thus saith the Lord and doeth unto me and won't I thou? You know, and this, this began to kind of spill out. And so one of the things that I, I touched on in a previous episode, and again, none of this is mocking. I know these are kind of triggering uh, episodes because we're just used to it, but the power of culture but, but more so than that, the New Testament dispensation, or as my good friend David Belestri calls it, New Testament prophetic technology, is just a bit different than the Old Testament, where uh, the, the Old Testament prophet was literally the voice of God to the people. And oftentimes uh, when he, the Spirit of the Lord would come upon the prophet to prophesy, it was literally an ecstatic experience. It was almost like this weight of the word of the Lord came to the prophet and they couldn't help but deliver it, what the Lord wanted delivered and how he wanted it delivered. Hence why those who skewed the word or manipulated the word were literally false prophets because they actually had to do that intentionally to manipulate the people and they were stoned because of that. Now in the New Testament, and Moses looked forward to this day that all God's people could be prophets or function in the spirit of prophecy. We know there's a difference between the spirit of, the gift of, the office of prophet. And we know there are New Testament prophets as well. But the New Testament prophetic technology is a bit different where we can all hear God's voice and we actually can miss it. We see in part, we prophesy in part. We're more so embodying the inspiration of what the Lord is saying, feeling, and it's up to us to process that and the challenge. And I I really laid into this in a previous episode, so it'd be great if you went back and listened to that or watched it uh, on reasons why some prophetic words don't come to pass. But the challenge was, is that prophetic word or inspiration has to make its way from heaven or the heart of God through our own filters. And King James English would be a filter. It's got to come through our, our, our soul, essentially, in a sense, where you're talking about your mind, will, and emotions. Any revelation or prophetic word has got to come through the brain, ultimately, to be able to process it and, and speak it. So it comes through your will. So hopefully you desire the will of God. It's got to come through your mind, your your processing in in your language what God is saying, and it'll come through your emotions. So we also touched on in highly charged emotional atmospheres or when you get into sensationalism or political atmospheres, you've got all these filters that the word has to travel through, and sometimes on its way it picks up some stuff. (laughs) <laughs> so it comes through, the, the prophecy comes through bad theology. The prophecy will come through a, a bitter root that this person has from the last church they were at, or they weren't accepted, and so the word comes across as though God is always angry at everybody. Uh, this kind of thing. Or we wade in on on politics, on, on just any emotionally charged environment. You're more likely to have that prophetic inspiration uh, pick up some some stuff along the way. And sometimes the word is totally skewed by the time it's released to the people. King James English is simply a filter. And the reason we used it was, again, its roots were in that that, that language of Bible was the only inspired. What's the Bible? It's the word of the Lord. And we know that there are other versions that are inspired, but what you had was a people when they wanted to say, thus saith the Lord, or this is the word of the Lord, it had to be King James English for them because the Bible by which they read the word of the Lord or even saw the demonstration of prophetic words being released was actually in King James English. So we kind of got this idea that we had to dress up the word. There's, there's really no other way for me to word this for you is that we felt we needed to dress it up. And the moment somebody said, thus saith the Lord, or "Or will not I hearken unto thee, My, as soon as you said that, oh, it's, it, we were conditioned, it's God talking, it must be God talking. A- and rather than weighing the word for what it really was, we just assumed that must be accurate because it was spoken in God's language. The reality is God can speak Chinese, Lebanese, Spanish, Italian, Russian, uh, Ukrainian. He will speak to the person because he loves you so much, because he wants the whole world to know him and hear him, he loves you so much he'll speak through the language that uh, you can understand and the best language for the people to understand. now. Let me pause for a moment. Does that mean that if you received a prophetic word and it was dressed up a bit with King James English that it was inaccurate? No. It it, it can actually be accurate. The prophetic voice has heard from God, but it came through a filter of them thinking, this is the style that I must prophesy in. So it came through that filter. It doesn't mean it's not accurate. Okay, so when we're talking about this, one example that that is more recent and really rattled people across the body of Christ was the uh, U.S. elections going back now a couple years. The U.S. elections, very emotionally charged time. Um, If you've ever sat around the dinner table and talked politics with people, no matter how much they loved each other, they might be part of the same family, they might be part of the same church, but uh, emotions run high. People have literally divided over this. Churches have divided over this. The body of Christ in North America was divided over this. That's the power uh, politics has in in our culture. It's just emotionally charged with opinions. Hence why so many of trusted prophetic voices so many prophecies and prophetic voices that you heard at that time were just so wrong and off. They just were. We missed it. Many, many voices came forward and, and did the right thing and said, I apologize, I, I missed it. And we were all kind of corporately reminded that we see in part and prophesy in part. But I went a step further, rather than just we missed it, I went a step further and looked into why we missed it. And the reality is where emotions run high and the soul really rises up, there's more of a chance for us to miss the word because it's got to come through filters. This is why it's always important, whether it's King James English, the the, the triggering uh, place you came from, an edge that you have, some unforgiveness in your heart, some bad theology, you know, whatever it might be, it's important for us to really judge that word and not prophesy presumptuously, as it talks about in Deuteronomy. I remember watching on TV as some of these prophets, if, if some of them are, I don't know, uh, were on a panel, and they were suddenly thrust onto the world stage over the Trump-Biden uh, election. <clears throat> and I watched as uh, some prophetic voices that had been loved and trusted by the body for, for many years gave some really inaccurate prophecies. In fact, one, and I just want to preface this with, the purpose of this series isn't to tear down. Uh, I don't believe Reformation has to look like tearing something down to build up. Uh, That's why I'm not mentioning any any names. Uh, This is not meant to tear down, but this I give as an example and a principle. This particular, uh, she's known as a prophet in the charismatic world, She began to actually physically pound the table, uh, looked like she was having some kind of a nervous breakdown and began to say that God was going to kill her particular political opponent that she didn't favor. God was going to kill his henchmen. God was going to, you know, by the time you finished listening to that, you felt like you had been in a time machine and gone right back to the days of the Old Testament. And we know in the New Testament, even when the disciples said, you know, should we call down fire upon? And Jesus said, what spirit are you of? And it really was apparent that it was just a different spirit than the heart of God. And there were things said and and everything that this particular prophet prophesied did not come to pass, unfortunately. And we hit a pause as a corporate body and it really forced us, and, and I would like to emphasize this as my point, that not only can we miss it, but we should look into why we missed it. I don't think there's anything wrong with, a, with prophets and prophetic voices coming to terms with the fact that they are not the sole and only mouthpiece of God to the church. Sila moment there. <laughs> that it's okay to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, and the office of prophet or gifts of prophecy—it's okay to do that, <clears throat> and that doesn't has to doesn't have to become your identity to such a degree that you can't afford to miss it, and your your conference schedule will be cut. Your, maybe your partnership—one one prophetic uh, voice who I really appreciate—he just said, "I had no idea the charismatic world was so sick. My, you know, I was absolutely attacked." For the prophecy I gave, or the prophecy I didn't give, it's actually okay for you to be a child of God, a son or daughter of God, flow in the gifts of the Spirit, and keep the main thing the main thing. If you're a prophet and you hear, good. Give us the pure word. But if you miss it, you know, I almost feel bad for prophetic voices in this era because there's such an enormous amount of pressure to do for the people what the people can and oftentimes should be doing for themselves, which is hearing the voice of God for themselves. And we also need to get back to judging and handling words properly. As of recent, there's a prophetic voice that has stood up and began to speak out. And again, this is not slandering. There was that era where we don't dare speak against the prophet. Nobody's speaking against anybody here. We're talking about critical thinking, we're talking about discernment, we're talking about purity, we're talking about stewardship. We as a church, as kingdom people, want to be entrusted with the management of nations, but we haven't even been able to manage prophecies and the basics of the New Testament church in how to handle these kinds of things. The bottom line is, due to filters, and in that particular uh, time of the elections, due to political filters, and some stuff that had gone unchecked for a long time. <laughs> Due to the elections and COVID, we were suddenly thrust onto the world stage and we were found wanting. The world looked for us to speak the truth, to to deliver hope, to give the sure word of the Lord, and, and we were found wanting. We, we missed it a bit with COVID while well, we... We definitely did. I, I won't even go into some of the prophetic words that were released around COVID. It's just too disappointing for a podcast. But for the elections, <laughs> sorry, my, my team here, we're, just some chuckling because it's like, why haven't we addressed this? We can only get better by <laughs> addressing it. When we look at the elections, that's a prime example, not just King James English. But that's a prime example of things being said, taken as, oh, if it was dressed up this way, oh, she's pounding the table and calling for God's uh, fire down on these guys. Uh, And God reserves the right to judge. I'm not saying God doesn't judge. but, But the spirit of which we did things, we did not show up to the table as a mature prophetic body. And the whole point of this series of mature apostolic and prophetic is that we can do better. I think we can do better. And I think we learned some lessons during that time as we were brought to the world stage and, and we missed it. Now, last question I want, to, I want to hone in on here is why did we miss it? Why did we miss it? And, and not everybody did. I know uh, some of you can share kind of how your favorite prophet gave this word and you feel that they hit it. But, but by and large, for the most part, it was just a lot of the stuff was so nebulous. Um, it's been so vague in these last seasons. We've really lacked the accuracy that I think the world is looking for. Um, but the question is, why did, we, why did we miss it? The reality is that for quite a duration of time, we have been, functioning somewhat dysfunctionally in the realm of prophetic ministry. We just have. Things have gone unchecked for a long time. I'm almost never at a prophetic event, gathering, charismatic meeting where anybody looks back at things prophesied before, does analysis, and says, hey, we've really been missing it here. Hey, this didn't come to pass. We kind of just, just say things, and, and that's actually become part of the culture. We just release it, thus saith the Lord, and there's really nothing, there's, there's no stewardship of that. And I think that's tragic because there are times, many times, God is speaking. God is trying to speak, and we have come short in showing him that we tremble at his word, we take his word serious. It's a privilege to be able to even hear him and then to, to release something. And so what you've got as we're approaching the end of the era of overemphasis of prophetic. there will never be the, the disappearance of prophecy or the prophetic, no. This is something we crave, we desire, we go after. It'll always be here uh, un- un- until heaven, but it has its place, and we are to be stewards of it in a healthy way. So we we missed some things, and I think we needed to dig into why. And when you dig deep enough, you find out there's been a lot of toxic stuff that's been going on for so long, it's actually become part of church culture. Not every church, but it's actually become part of charismatic culture. It's, it's we all know, I called it the purple prophetic elephant in the room. We all know that this didn't come to pass, but nobody wants to touch it. Now we are not God's prophetic police officers. We are not God's critics. We are not sent on a mission to to police everybody's prophetic words. I love a good meeting where the Holy Spirit falls in such a way that all kinds of utterances are coming forth. I love it in many of our services somebody will speak in tongues and then they'll interpret and we don't stop the whole service and and get a panel going to analyze that per se. uh, Where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. But I'm talking and calling for a conscious effort to pull back and reanalyze what we're doing, how we're doing it, and to be able to present to the world a pure prophetic again. Lastly, in 2020, I held a 40-day fast up on Prayer Mountain in Philippines. The Lord spoke many things and all of them have come to pass. One of them that he spoke, and and I've already released these videos, you can find them, I won't go into it now, but one of the things that he spoke was that he was going to bring the prophets, the prophetic movement, into a season of humbling. Not just humility, but an actual humbling, and some things were going to get checked. And even when I shared it, you could almost feel the trigger factor of, how dare you? You know, I'm the prophet of the Lord. We're prophets. A- a- and, and we watched as 2020 till now, exactly that began to happen. And we're at a prime opportunity to reevaluate what we do. I love what my good friend David Balestri said, that there almost needs to be sort of a, a, an unplugging or a pause button on the prophetic movement to take a real honest look at things. And I know that there are some great prophets out there, great prophetic voices, great apostles, apostolic leaders that want the same thing. And I think the more we speak up, not in a slanderous, mocking, dismantling way, but the more we speak up and talk about it, the more of a chance we have of shifting culture to where a pure prophetic emerges and the world can say, where can i go for the truth i can go to the prophets where can i go for understanding of global events i can i can go to the prophets. I believe there is a refinement coming where both the apostolic and prophetic will find a synergy, not a codependency, but an interdependency, and they'll find a synergy together where the true church in all of her maturity, in all of her glory emerges, and we have the best of days upon us, and we make Jesus a wonder again in the world. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation Podcast. If you liked what you heard, visit HistoryMakersAcademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV.